0: Hello and welcome to the Pink, Pink Isle. Isle. Yeah. Yay! My name is Henry Kathman. And
1: this is Emma Corey.
0: So folks, we are dealing with an action-packed, riveting adventure today. Because we're saddling up with Barbie and the Three Musketeers, baby! Is that-
1: What the musketeers do? Do they saddle up?
0: Yeah, they ride horses. They are very adamant of showing the horses on this DVD cover. God,
1: so many horse carriage combos they could make.
0: Oh, yeah, not only that, like, they got three musketeers as a story. But this is
1: Barbie and the three musketeers. Exactly, so that means he got
0: four of them. Which means four outfits, four weapons. Weapons are less a priority, but four outfits, four horses, four... Potential people you gotta put in that carriage. So the merch is through the roof.
1: Doesn't this one also have like a sword wielding cat? Yeah. What fun.
0: So, Emma, how familiar are you with the original?
1: I am not familiar at all with oh, it. Really? I've never watched a Three Musketeers thing.
0: Okay. Except for
1: maybe that one version that's like Mickey Mouse and
0: like. The Mickey Donald. That one that movie is actually a lot more solid than some people give it credit for. Yeah. In terms of like the direct to D V D movies, like they I appreciated how that movie actually tried to like stick more to the classic cartoons roots of Mickey, Donald and Goofy and all this. Yeah, that stuff.
1: but even then I barely remember that one. So I'm yeah. kinda of so, going in blind. Alright, so
0: I have a little bit more knowledge about Three Musketeers than so It's an inverse, I guess, Christmas Carol compared to last episode. So, granted, I haven't watched every single film TV show of The Three Musketeers, but I am familiar with the original novel as well as a film version starring Luke Evans and Orlando Bloom. It's not good.
1: I will take your word for it. Oh, it it.
0: is. It's like a... oddly steampunk version and it's i think it's directed by the same dude who made the resident evil movies but it's such a forgettable movie i'm not even gonna correct myself on this one why
1: is there like there almost seemed to be a thing about like gritty versions of those stories during that time like they had the russell Crowe robin hood movie remember that oh
0: yeah well this one wasn't uh This one wasn't gritty. This one wasn't trying to capture that. This was trying to capture that Pirates of the Caribbean camp. Yeah. So. Well, I mean,
1: like, more like Pirates of the Caribbean, there were a lot of, like, kind of period piece action movies during that time.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, and even so, like, uh, adaptations of fairy tales in classic literature as well. Like, you got your Jack and the Giant Slayers, the, uh abraham
1: lincoln vampire hunter
0: uh hansel and gretel witch hunters pride
1: Uh, and prejudice and zombies
0: oh there was one more van helsing that was a big one yeah Yeah. but this movie with the barbie movies uh i'm more familiar with this and i'm interested in seeing how the close the story sticks to this uh, listener, if you want to brush up on the uh, story, the original story of the Three Musketeers, uh, something I would recommend, there is a channel called uh, run by a a lovely person named Dominic Noble. He does a show called Lost in Adaptation, where he reviews adaptations of literature and seeing how close they are, and like also judging the quality of the fo- movies. And he did a big video where he reviewed pretty much every single version of the three musketeers or at least the most notable ones and it's a pretty enjoyable watch. I I enjoy his stuff, his hashtag content.
1: Okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I watched some of his stuff before as well. But um
0: But in terms of this movie.
1: Yeah, I almost feel like a lot of people consider this to be kind of the last of the classic Barbie movies. I think this is where people kind of, like, cut it off, you know?
0: Well, I think the thing that specifically divides this and future film releases is how this is the last sort of period piece. Because going forward, a majority of our Barbie films are going to be either modern day or some version of modern day. So that they can get more of that pop feel, doing more of that, like... I don't know, making it more relatable to the youths.
1: Yeah. It's kind of sad, though, I think that this is kind of the last sort of thing that's more in line with a lot of the older Barbie movies, you know? Yeah,
0: it'll be interesting. And as I'm about to lay out, uh, they this movie is more like classic Barbie movies in more ways than one, because, Emma, we got a B-list celebrity voicing the villain! Hell yeah! And guess who they got to return.
1: Is it Tim Curry?
0: It is Tim Curry! (laughs) Yes! So, returning as voices, we got uh, Kelly Sheridan, as always, as Barbie. Barbie as Corrine. And uh, we also got, as the other Musketeers, uh, Darla Bell, Willow Johnson, and uh, Kira Tozer. I am not familiar with any of their works, but Boy Howdy, am I very intrigued to see what Tim Curry is going to be bringing to the table cuz back way back when in our first episode, oh, oh so long ago, uh, I felt like Tim Curry was rather underutilized mm-hmm. in a nutcracker.
1: Well, we kind of mentioned back then that Tim Curry's kind of actor. Like he gives like a hundred percent to any role he's in, even if it's in the most like bottom of the barrel. Yes.
0: So I agree. So Tim Curry, I feel like, yes, he gives it his all. I feel like the quality of a Tim Curry performance is mainly going to be determined by what material is given to him. Cause if you can write a role that is made for Tim Curry, he is going to make that thing memorable. Mm-hmm. But if it's something where you're just like, oh, we just need a villainous voice and you don't really give anything to, for him to work off of, he.
1: I think my favorite Tim Curry villain hamming a voice role has to be the evil organ in the oh, Cur- Beauty and the Beast Christmas special movie. Fun. Not a good movie, but he's no, fun in it. He's... No,
0: yeah. <laughs> Fun Tim Curry fact: I recently discovered that he played Rooster Hannigan in the 1980s version of Annie, alongside Carol Burnett. Yeah. I watched that movie so many times as a kid. I did not realize that that was Tim Curry, and yeah, he gives it his all in that movie. And I'm just, ah, uh, man, we do not deserve Tim Curry. He is, he's too good for this ghastly world.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has been a long time since we've gotten anything that kind of resembled like a celebrity voice in one of these. Yeah, so.
0: the last one I remember is Kathleen Barr, and even then it was like uh, she was kind of underutilized. I think what happened was like Mattel was realizing, huh? Most people aren't coming for these B-list celebrities anyway, so they you mean probably
1: Kathleen Barr. Or do you mean because she's the one who's like the villain in all these movies?
0: Oh, shoot, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the 12 Dancing Villains villain. Oh. She was the mom in Home Alone. Oh,
1: oh, Catherine O'Hara?
0: Catherine O'Hara, yeah, yes. Yeah, different. Ka- <laughs> Ka- sorry, the Kathleen Catherine.
1: Hey, the Shits Creek stands are going to come for you, just so you know.
0: Oh, God, she wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm just excited to see what we got going on with this yeah, one. Yeah, and
1: I think I mentioned... How far we've come from, like, Barbie Nutcracker, where Barbie was never really allowed to participate in sword fighting. And you yeah. also saw that in, like, 12 Dancing Princesses of the World, where there would be these action scenes with, like, sword, and she would just be, like, kind of to the side. Yeah. Now we got four sword-wielding. Four
0: sword-wielding people. Statistically, one of them has to be a lesbian. Like, like, lady with the sword. We, we could hope, right?
1: One of them has to be. We're one gonna, of them let's, has to be. Let's put a vote vote now in the comments uh which yeah. which barbie musketeer is gonna be the lesbian
0: yes well i guess we'll there's only gonna be one way to find out so all for one and one for all it's time to go on this rip-roaring adventure with barbie and the three musketeers it's barbie and the three musketeers all new dvd coming soon Barbie brings the adventure to
1: life! Princess and Musketeer! Join Barbie and her friends at the ball! Their princess gowns sparkle! Oh no! The prince needs help! Quick! Skrip becomes a cape! Tiara becomes a mask! Transform to princess heroes! Princess and Musketeer! Barbie
0: Barbie and the three Musketeers! Two looks in one! Dolls and DVD each sold separately! DVD coming soon! Uh,
1: And we're back! Welcome.
0: I'll, welcome listener. Um I don't know about you Emma, but I am feeling pretty pumped right now.
1: I thought it was a pretty enjoyable movie. Yeah. Definitely. I
0: Yeah, I don't know, just this I think when it comes to Barbie movies that I really enjoy, there're going to be like two things that a Barbie movie can do that will give it a plus. One, it's got to have some palace intrigue. I am a sucker for some palace intrigue. Not a requirement, but the bigger requirement, the things that make certain Barbie movies stick out compared to others, is, like, some good relationships between the protagonists and stuff like that. Because I find Barbie most interesting when she has some other strong personalities to bounce off of. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I definitely think they kind of go for it in this movie, I do feel like there could have been, like, a bit more with the relationship between the yeah. leads. Because it feels like, I don't know, maybe there's so many montages in this movie that it kind of feels That's like we don't true. get a lot of that individual development as much. I just feel, especially the non-Barbie musketeers are kind of relegated to sort of just, like, very Set. basic yes. personality yes. traits. Yeah. But I mean, I think it was still overall pretty enjoyable. It was interesting to see like an action y Barbie movie. It
0: really was.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> it made it like stand out. Other like there's we did we didn't uh, mention this, but this is like a whole new writer we haven't had. And it definitely has a bit of a different vibe to it compared to other Barbie movies I noticed.
0: Yeah, this movie is written by Amy Wolfram, uh who You might actually have seen some of her work uh, if you enjoyed some action-y cartoons from uh, the beginning of the 2000s. She was a writer for Shaolin Showdown, the first run of Teen Titans. Uh, She's done work for Ben 10 and Symbiotic Titan, and nowadays she does stuff for Teen Titans Go. And apparently they rebooted Thunderbirds, which is like... I can definitely see more of her edge, because similar to, like, Teen Titans and Shaolin Showdown, I don't know if you ever watched Shaolin Showdown. No. Some, those shows were definitely having a very nice balance of comedic elements uh, with a little bit of slapstick, but also tried their best to, like, actually make a action, action-y show that was something that they could get away with for younger children.
1: Yeah, and for what like, it is very, like, G-rated kind of fight scenes in here, but, I mean, they're still kind of fun to have, you know? Oh, yeah,
0: definitely. I mean, right out the gate, I'll tell you right now, listener, this movie is nothing like most three musketeer stories, aside from the fact that you have it start off with a country girl meeting three other musketeers and then discovering a secret plot against the king and thwarting it. So it's, it's that, but a lot of the differences end up coming in all later so yeah this movie uh barbie in this movie plays corinne who is a young girl from the country who dreams of visiting france in hopes of becoming a musketeer Visiting
1: which, paris specifically y- yes
0: paris specifically and uh she follows a pretty similar beginning arc to uh, D'Artagnan, who is the, prota- the quote unquote protagonist of.
1: And they mentioned this movie that she's his daughter. Yeah. Prote- so this is a kind of sequel? Pseudo sequel.
0: To... I get the impression that it was more of a subtle reference to it, but it would be amazing if, like, yeah, even this was a sequel to the book stories and just like. The palace was that shitty at keeping the king safe. It's
1: like, wow, someone tried to plot to kill the king again?
0: Yeah, it's it's really interesting. So she is super jived to become a musketeer. She's practicing super hard. She's doing all these flips a is just
1: just flipping everywhere flipping everywhere even though it's not necessary you just yeah. t- to do it she's doing
0: it listen they paid a lot of money for those motion captures so like <laughs> by golly they are going to use that motion capture library yep, yep but yeah she's like fighting against like this scarecrow and she's doing all these flips and she tries to do like this jump off the balcony and all the while she has this cat that also wants to be a, a mouse... No, not a muscat ear.
1: Yeah, our cat is our animal psychic, and this movie goes by Princess and the Popper rules, where the animals talk to each other, yeah. but they don't talk to people. Yeah,
0: so. yeah. It's a fun time. I, I don't know. How do you feel about this animal companion?
1: I mean, I kind of feel... I feel just sort of like a indifference to most of the animal companions in yeah. these movies, so... She wasn't like a big annoyance or anything.
0: So no, was she was kind of just there. Which yeah. I mean, I guess compared to some of the other ones we've dealt with, certainly worse ones. Yeah. S- some of the animals. I always wondered
1: were... with her design, they were trying to cash in on that puss and boots. I bet that's. Oh my
0: god, you are very right! Holy <laughs> crap, I wasn't picking up on that, but yeah, yeah, that is. Probably the kids—they like, like that Shrek movie. Oh yeah, with that
1: cat from the Shrek movie. In we're there. gonna get
0: the cat in the Shrek movie. Oh, we can't get Antonio Banderas. Yeah, I guess we'll just make it like a girl kitty. It
1: was like a like a child girl child kitty. She's got like a girl child. Yeah, voice. she
0: sounded a lot like the other uh, like Barbie's younger sisters from previous movies. Yeah. Yeah, but. An interesting thing with this movie. So she's practicing and she tries to do this super cool flip, but you kind of think they're going to set it up where it's like, oh, you need a lot more height if you want to pull off a jump like that, implying it was, this is like a super tough maneuver that she hasn't gotten till now. But no, she just falls on her butt and her mom's like, oh, I'm going to miss you, cause you're gonna leave for France tomorrow. Now that you're seventeen, to
1: Paris. They're already in to France. Paris. I'm
0: sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So she she's gonna be going off to Paris to become a musketeer, where she'll be the first woman musketeer. And I don't know. Uh, and listener, for the first time, we actually get to see like a more substantial like mother-daughter relationship. I mean, we kind of saw that in Princess and the Pauper. Kind of, but like, mm. eh, yeah.
1: It is kind of another absurdly youthful-looking mother. It, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. You can tell that she's old and a mom because she has slight wrinkles under her eyes. She's
1: got eye bags, so oh, yeah. you know she's old.
0: That's that's the mark of age, kitties. That's what truly marks us between us and those who are at Death's Door.
1: I guess you, you and me, Henry, are at Death's Door then.
0: my my skin is flawless what are you talking about (laughs) so yeah the so she's basically wishing Corrine for the best and she has like this kinda nice tender moment where she's like like a no matter what I'm always gonna be proud of you type thing which you know it's nice it didn't need to be there it doesn't really like add something ridiculously substantial but like appreciated it
1: yeah they could they did get pretty close to like establishing like what the main character wants and what she's gonna do and that's you know it's fine enough with me that we get right to just her going to the palace oh
0: yeah i mean that's how the book starts and the original story starts too where it's basically like a couple of pages where he's at home and being wished off and he takes the old family horse to paris and in the book uh D'Artagnan starts like a fight with literally four other mus, no three other musketeers, uh, because they all insult his horse, and I was expecting them to like pull from that with this one, but nah. She pulls into town, pays a dude to like put the horse away, and oh, look, there are some musketeers sword fighting in the street.
1: Ooh, before we get to that, we gotta mention our first song in this because we got.
0: Yeah, there's
1: sort of this like pop contemporary like songs that kind of sound like other more popular songs, but
0: (laughs) yeah, they do. They, it's. I feel like you are right that this is kind of the last of the classic Barbie era because right off the bat, this does feel a lot different from all the other ones that we've watched so far. Like this is this one's definitely more poppy. It's definitely shooting for like a young hip. New demographic of young girls.
1: It almost reminds me of the movie that shall not be named. Uh,
0: uh, well, I I don't.
1: Barbie Diaries.
0: Ah! <laughs> okay. I mean, these songs are better, and also, unlike Barbie Diaries, they actually show the full freaking song.
1: That's true. Yeah. But We got a lot of pop song montages, and so we got a traveling montage. Yeah, a traveling
0: montage where she's doing flippies on her horse and talking about how, like, oh, yeah, we're going to find our way and all that. And then, oh, and that's when she arrives in Paris. So, I don't know. What do you think of the music?
1: I mean, like you said, I don't really have much opinions on it. It is sort of weird in this kind of like French setting, we get this very like contemporary sounding music.
0: It is, especially since it's like most other things look pretty I mean, as period accurate as a false perception of medieval France. Like they got like the dudes in doublets and hose any like already. So it's like Yeah. But then again, I don't know if that sick uh mandolin and loot is gonna really get the youths up and pumping
1: speak for yourself I, I love a, a sick mandolin
0: tune. that's true I do like a sick mandolin tune as well but so she arrives in town settles up this horse and this horse apparently used to work in the palace as well cause uh when she leaves the mother gives like this letter of introduction to the head of the musketeer guard Or at least one of the high-ranking members who used to be a friend with the dad. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, oh, you're gonna shout to him and he'll help you out. So, but before this happens, she, she comes across these four musketeers that are just dicking around and sword fighting each other, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I know, I mean, the main perception of, like, When people think Three Musketeers, they think, like, Errol Flynn or, like, those classic 1950s swashbucklers where it's, like, the dudes, like, just, oh, look at them. They're just being rascals, sword fighting with each other. Ha ha ha. Like, true sportsmen. And meanwhile, these dudes are just kind of, like, there's just a lot of, like, oh, they're sword fighting and whoop. Whoop, 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 they flip the sword up and it lands on the ground. And that's how they disarm him. And it's cool for the first couple of times, but by like the 20th time that they pull that stick, it's like, Alright. But, they're all like, ha, ha! no one can challenge me. Wh- which man would be worthy enough to challenge us? And she's like, I am. And they're like, Oh, ho, A (laughs) wombs. Okay,
1: yeah, this is maybe one of the first ones that actually kind of gets more into a sexism narrative.
0: This is a yeah. This I mean, I feel like they try to pull off like yeah, female empowerment stuff, but I don't know. It was pretty shallow, pretty
1: basic. Yeah, basic
0: girls could do boys' things too, as Although, generally, those sorts of narratives require the female characters to sort of eschew any of their naturally feminine qualities and ideals in order to become more masculine so that they can be accepted. But
1: I mean, they're pretty femme in this one. I think it's more yeah. sort of like they kind of have to be...
0: Femme because proven, Barbie. They need
1: to be kind of accepted by a man in order to, like, get into the position they want to be, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's... Uh like, where it's only after you literally risk, risk life and limb that you get, like, afforded the same basic respect. And they pull it off as empowerment.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a Barbie movie. It it isn't really quest- questioning any real status quos here. Yeah,
0: but it is interesting to see them go in this direction. Yeah. As for the... So... She begins to challenge these dudes. and Just some
1: flippings. Yeah, she does the
0: flippies. And, oh, there's a dog in the background. Uh, Yeah,
1: we got evil dog in this one. You can
0: tell he's evil because... Was he a pit bull? He's not a pit bull. He's like
1: a nondescript Rottweiler-esque dog. Yeah. But he, like, knocks some barrels over and she falls over and the crowd laughs.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Filthy peasants, but... Uh, then, so she's just like, oh, whatever, come on. I'm going to go see the captain. And then this dog steals the letter for some reason.
1: Because it's an evil dog. It's working for the evil man. It's his dog.
0: Yeah. So so she's chasing this dog, doing, like, little pirouettes and flips in order to, like, keep up. And, oh, the dog jumps towards this captain's place. And he starts... Chewing up the letter, and then uh, so she's forced to wait outside the gate. And meanwhile, the captain's all talking about oh, the prince is coronation ball, and he's talking with the regent, played by Tim Curry.
1: Yeah, still not as hammy as I would have wanted him to get. Yeah, to I mean he's a fun present. he's
0: a fun presence, but. Still
1: a pretty generic Barbie movie villain who's trying to kill the king so they can become the the ruler, you know.
0: Although, credit to him, he isn't using magic beams or poison. This time he's actually actually like... He
1: actually wants to stab the prince. Yeah, pull a
0: fucking Caesar on him.
1: So, uh, he gets points for that, but that's our villain. And so... She's all like, I need to speak with them. And then they're like, a girl, don't what? walk here. What a
0: wombs?
1: And then she's like, yeah, that dog got my letter. And he was like, okay. And so she gets the letter yeah, back amazing. and then the
0: she talks with the captain of the guard. And he's just like, if you ever need anything, please let me know. But unfortunately... That anything doesn't include making you a musketeer or training you. So, yeah.
1: So, very much lukewarm reception.
0: Uh-huh. But- and, and so she's a little she's a little sad. And, oh, the dog's coming. And she st- starts chasing the cat. And thus we get a shenanigan chase where... uh. The dog's chasing the cat, and Kareem's chasing the two of them. And while they're doing that, oh, she runs into these three girls. One who
1: likes dresses. Yeah. Who she knocks into a puddle of water.
0: Yeah. One who is a ballet dancer and quotes Shakespeare.
1: Yeah. Who she knocks into some flowers. And one who plays violin who she knocks into a fountain and also her bow goes flying and falls on the fountain.
0: Yeah, which I gotta say, I I kind of love what a disaster she is at the beginning. Yeah. Just the fact that she's... Like, this she could have bar-
1: easily avoided those girls. Oh, so yeah. I think she's just straight up knocked. She out. is, like...
0: The Barbie in this movie is so extra and I kind of love it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Definitely
1: a lot more kind of like wacky zany humor in this one. Yeah. In your typical Barbie movie. Yeah.
0: I feel like I mean that's that feels very similar to like some of the other stuff that uh this writer has done in the past. So that makes sense. But eventually this I I love this next sequence. So eventually the dog chases the cat into the palace and she's like about to chase after the cat into there when suddenly the door that they ran into opens when uh, this old lady fires this worker girl. And so Corrine's like kind of standing out the door like, and this woman's like, who are you? Uh, I'm Corrine. Yeah, you'll do. And she starts getting a job where this madame is like, Oh, we have the prince's ball so far, so we have to, I suppose, uh, how are you? And she's like, and and Kareen's hesitant at first, but then suddenly the guards come in, and so she's like, yeah, I'll take this job, sure. Sounds good to me.
1: Don't you love it when you just walk into a random place and immediately get offered a job?
0: Oh, yeah. Living the dream. (laughs)
1: but that's our introduction to like the lady who hires him who of course is the evil one the
0: evil one yeah she's oh look at her she's abusing her power how dare yeah how dare she like try to do her job i Um, mean granted she's a bit of a jerk about it but
1: and there's also like an older lady that works under her where she's like I only keep you around because you know everywhere in the castle. Yeah. So and I'm like, man, I wonder if that lady is going to become significant later.
0: Oh, yeah, it's it's very subtle.
1: But essentially, the madame takes her, she gives her her uniform, and guess who her co-workers <laughs> happen to be?
0: I honestly kind of loved this. I mean, I, w- I, mean, I should have seen this a mile away, but... It kind of did actually surprise me. Of like, oh, so that's how they're bringing them together. I was expecting them to be like other, like people that would like chase after and be all like, "There you are!" But nope, they're her coworkers, yeah. and they are not happy with her.
1: Do you want to talk about like the individual musketeers? Yeah.
0: So, uh, I'll be honest, listener, I couldn't. I had a hard time putting names to faces with them.
1: So, Vivica it, is the one who's, like, fashion obsessed. Yes. And again, like I said, they're just... I wish there was more to talk about with them, but they yeah, just don't really they have, are kind
0: of bland.
1: Like, they don't really have any kind of, like, individual personalities aside from some very basic traits. Yeah. Like, so you got her, and then you got, uh... God, what was the other one? Um, I think it's... Aramina, who is like the ballet Shakespeare lover, who's yeah. also like the thirstiest of them all. Oh yeah, so. she,
0: she literally spends every line talking about how much she wants to save the prince and meet the prince. And,
1: and then uh, Renee, who is the violin playing one. The
0: violin playing one. And the one that uses a lot of modern slang, I noticed.
1: Yeah, she's probably, like, the least, like, Developed. defined of them. She's just kind of like, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's not, eh, it's uh. But I will say, I, I at least appreciate them attempting to, like, they have at least some of a dynamic between the, them, because comparing that to, like, Twelve Dancing Princesses and stuff like that,
1: yeah, I mean, 12 Dancing Princesses had, like, 12 of them, you know? That's true. I feel like they could have, like, had some more time to, like, get them... Yes,
0: I agree. Something. I, th- I think the know. problem with this movie is that, like, they have so many crazy plot elements that they need to cover that, uh, if I'm being honest, I feel like I would have loved this more if it was a TV show. Like, if they... Because a lot of this... It makes a lot of sense that the writer of this movie has a lot of TV experience. Because it felt, like, very episodic from scene to scene. It did kind of
1: feel like a a pilot for something. Yeah, God.
0: Which, I don't know about you, but if they did, like, a full TV show of this, where, like, we could have gotten more into their personalities. They could have had, like, a whole, like, I don't know, in-palace intrigue thing of the week. I think I would have been really down with that. Oh no!
1: Yeah, as it is, it feels a bit like incomplete, you know.
0: Agreed, but oh, they don't like they don't like Corrine at the very beginning, and they they start deciding like, oh, you're gonna clean the ballroom floor with a toothbrush, even though those weren't much of a thing at that point. But whatever. And meanwhile, Madame's like, you missed a spot. But later that night, uh, she and her kitty are going to... Oh, yeah, wait. Madame throws the cat out of the palace. Yeah. Yeah. But as they're about to leave for the day, uh, the other girls are like, Yeah, do you have a place to stay? And she's like, No. We'll figure something out. Which is like, oof. I don't know. I think Kareen is such an extra disaster that, I don't know, there were parts of her that I really identified with. You ever I...
1: just moved to big cities on a whim without getting housing or oh, yeah. a job before Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know. I too am also a geek who loves sword fighting. Who You do
1: have some swords around.
0: Yes. Yes, I do.
1: Do you know, like, sword fighting techniques?
0: I... No. Fun fact. uh, For a while in high school, I was part of a fencing club in Bloomington.
1: Oh. yeah. How'd that go?
0: It was fun. I didn't get to do it for a long time because of school stuff, but I really enjoyed it. It's had some nice form... So, I can actually say with... I can unironically say that I did study the blade. You in, study... In, in an official capacity, not like the others studied the blade. So
1: Did you have God and anime on your side? Uh,
0: no, because I didn't watch anime at that time. <laughs> so, yeah. What other stuff did I... Yeah, but... So the other girls, they're like, yeah, whatever. You can come with us. Uh, and, but... Uh, one of them does demand that she pays them a a week's rent up front. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I guess she has, she got money from her mom. Yeah. But they have a pretty nice place for a bunch of palace, uh,
0: maids. Yeah, they have, like, basically their own, like, little side house with, like, four beds and, like, this beautiful window. And it's, like,
1: polished floor, like... Is, is this, like, the fan, the medieval equivalent of those, like, shows in New York where all the characters have, like, <laughs> big studio apartments? It must
0: be. I feel like this is something the uh, Barbie franchise as a whole is very guilty of when it comes to their uh, housing. <laughs> God, that I'm still thinking about how amazing that cottage in Diamond Castle was. Oof. So... She, But before Corrine heads off to bed, she ends up retrieving the violin bow of... Renee. Yeah, Renee, thank you. Who, she accidentally launched the bow into a quiver of a Cupid statue that was outside of the palace.
1: And that's how she earns their respect.
0: Yeah. And with that... Uh, They become good friends, and they are now working in the palace. Yep. So, next day, they're doing sweeping, and the regent is talking to uh the prince, Prince Louis.
1: Not that Prince Louis. Not
0: that Prince Louis. Different. No, we got a couple of... We have a little bit. The uh, Three Musketeers was written... Was... Written and presented in the 16th, uh, the 1600s. So, you're lucky, Louis. You're a hundred years early.
1: <laughs> and so Louis's whole thing is that he is an inventor.
0: Yeah. And he's like,
1: it's so hard being in this privileged position where I get to do all this stuff in my free time, but they're going to make me be king, and I don't want to be the king. Well, well,
0: I don't think it really goes that far. He doesn't seem too hesitant about being king. It's more... I don't know. I think his big angst moment is that people don't believe in him and his... Ability to make oh, a flying literally. machine. I think
1: it's so hard that people don't care about your hot air balloons. Yeah.
0: How dare they not appreciate your brilliant inventions. What's that? Half of your population is still dying from the plague? Oh. whatever. Balloons!
1: Yeah, that's kind of his, his whole thing. He sort of, I don't know, he gives me vibes of like, people who, like, never really matured past the age of 13 because of yeah. being a royal, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely get that childish uh, vibe from him. Though, something I will add, he has, like, this little fake hot air balloon that he's, like, uh, having float in the palace, but, oh, it gets stuck on the chandelier and deflates, and he bumps into Kareen whoa, and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry, madame. And then suddenly the, the other madame, the mean one, is all like, you ought to never talk to the prince. How dare you?
1: She doesn't sound like that. No, she movie, doesn't. But good, good, good girls. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's kind of the thing they got with the prince, which we get random love interest thing with him. It's it's whatever.
0: They don't end up together, though. I
1: mean, it's kind of implied that they're gonna pursue a relationship at some point. Yeah. Which, I feel like that would be a conflict of interest, you know, if she's part of his guard later on.
0: I mean, I guess, but that could... Yeah, it might cause... God! God, that makes me wish that this was more of a TV show! Because I could totally picture this, like, First season is just like palace intrigue, then second season, oh, now she's gonna marry the prince, and he's gonna be all like, oh, I just want to protect you, I don't want you going on dangerous missions anymore, oh, god, god, Mattel, I will, I would write the shit out of a Barbie Three Musketeers TV show, I would do it, give me that chance, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm a lot more jibed about this movie than you are at this point.
1: I am very tired right now, so that's, that might be part of it. That's
0: fair. That's fair.
1: I mean, I think there is a lot of potential in this movie that I didn't quite reach, you know?
0: That's... I agree. I think that's partially what makes me excited, because I can Im- easily imagine what that would be like.
1: Yeah, but... Either way, we get a sequence where Tim Curry comes in and he starts talking to the prince and about how about his coronation, and then oh no, the, the chandelier. chandelier falls. Da, 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 da.
0: <laughs> You say that, but there is a guard. So. The Regents like right hand man is like this very not subtle eye patch dude. Yeah, he's got
1: an eye patch, he's He's got got like a a white streak in his voice.
0: Yeah. He sounds like Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Oh no.
1: Don't wanna don't wanna talk about that. Yeah, that's
0: fair. But so the chandelier falls and then this is where the movie, honestly, started to really grab me. cause So, the chandelier crashes down and then little bits of the chandelier start flying towards the girl's Matrix style and each one of them deflects them in a special way and it's so cheesy and campy that I'm just like, what? Yeah, Hell this yeah. random
1: slow motion scene is pretty yeah, fun. I don't know. Because, like, the, the king, he jumps forward so he doesn't get hit. But, like, they come in. And... One of them, like, takes out a candle with a towel somehow. So that's some, some precision.
0: Oh, yeah. Another one, like, uses, uh, Kareem uses a broom to, like, break off multiple glass shards. I forget what the other two girls did. But it was it was something that had to do with their later weapons, where one has, like, a sling the other has like these uh fans and I think I think she used like like a dustpan or something to deflect that. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's foreshadowing.
0: It's foreshadowing, but I don't know. It just was so sudden and they ended up really laying it on thick with like this like really intense like guitar riffs that are just all throughout these action scenes which I was not expecting, but honestly was kind of here for it
1: oh yeah, it was it was fun, but after that, the king is the prince is okay, and then we get to see um uh, Correen uh inspect the wall and see like, ooh, the chandelier was cut big surprise
0: and then there's a tiny ruby on the ground, which was an interesting little like clue that they left there uh but oh they're cleaning things up and while they're cleaning things up the old lady person oh wait a minute no before that so the other girls begin to ask Corrine about like why she came to the palace and kareen reveals that she wants to be a musketeer Which, surprisingly, the other three say, me too! And they are all surprised by this. And despite the fact that they've clearly known each other for a while, they've never told each other that they also wanted to be musketeers. I just
1: thought you just, by coincidence, also had great hand-eye coordination skills.
0: Yeah, you know, those maids, they gotta they got to be able to be dexterous. Well, they
1: don't know when a chandelier is going to fall and send I mean, clearly them. with this
0: freaking palace. <laughs> but uh yeah, as soon as they are mention that, uh these the old caretaker lady says, "Come with me." And then she reveals a freaking secret passageway and all of them are following her and they're like why are there so many passengers here? How long has this been here? And she's like, eh, you ask too many questions. And this whole woman's gimmick is that she keeps on, like, pulling random levers, and she somehow has, like, 50 secret, like, buttons at her disposal at any time. Yeah,
1: that's the one thing. They never explain who this lady this is. This woman
0: is honestly, like, the best part of this movie. yeah. She's just like this sassy grandma who, as we'll see later, is like a badass. And I just want, like, I want, where's her movie, Mattel? I want to know her story. Like, I'm just picturing her, like, she probably came to the palace when she was very young. Maybe she had a fling with the king and she was also a secret protector. I don't know. God.
1: Yeah, we don't know. Let me write this
0: TV show, Mattel.
1: She's very mysterious,
0: but... But But then, oh, she pulls a lever, and, oh, they're sliding down through the tunnels, and, oh, they're... She's being pretty calm and collected, whereas everyone, the rest of them are freaking the hell out. And, oh, they land at the bottom of the stairs. She lands on her feet, whereas the rest of them are crashing onto each other. Mm. But at the bottom of the stairs is revealed to be basically a bat cave
1: yeah she explains it's like an old like musketeers training room
0: before they moved off to the new chateau and she basically reveals like she's also kind of like a musketeer but they don't go into any detail about it as we mentioned and she agree. she uh like basically starts like gauging their talents one by one Like, first with Corrine like, sword fighting, and then uh, with the others using different weapons. Yeah, they
1: get their signature weapons. Vivica does, like, ribbons. Yeah,
0: they're, like, ribbon whips. Then uh, Adriana?
1: Uh, Something like that. She gets the fans, and then Renee gets, like, slingshot.
0: Yeah, which... I feel I feel bad for Renee. She kinda gets the short end of the stick. Well she
1: also gets like bow too. That's okay, that's true. She gets fair. like a bow and arrow. Yeah, too, so like...
0: she's the range fighter, so yeah. uh Barbie's I guess Barbie's the fighter. Uh no, Kareen's the fighter. Uh Adriana's like the the uh Bard type. Uh the ranger is Renee and then uh, last ones. I don't know, either a monk or a rogue type. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, but one by one, uh, the old lady begins to. She has a name, but I mean, she's just the old lady. Yeah. The badass old lady. I feel like a name cannot fully summarize just how rad she is.
1: I just want to know her story. I want to know what what's her deal. Yeah. But, alas. But,
0: but she agrees to train these uh, the the four of them to become musketeers, and then we get like a training montage,
1: with some more pop music.
0: Yeah, I can't tell if that I th- they don't add it yet, but there's some one of the songs that they add later is a little like, eh. It's interesting. But this song, they have a lot of like very standard girl power uh, catchphrases like, don't mess with the dress. Or that whole thing. And it's like. Yeah,
1: it's one of those things.
0: Yeah. One of those, this is my fight songs. Yeah. But later on, uh, they're doing more cleaning stuff. And the region is like. You will not fail me this time. Of course, sir. And there's just, like, this weird, like, tension between the two. Wow,
1: I can't believe Tim Curry was the bad guy all (laughs) along.
0: Yeah. So the next day, the prince is, like, messing with this hot air balloon, and he's testing it out. And he decides to get in there, and then, oh, the rope goes, and... Oh, it looks... He begins to fall out, and he begins hanging on the ladder. But luckily, Corrine sees him going by, and she jumps out a window to get into the hot air balloon.
1: Yeah, we had a hot air balloon rescue. Yeah. It It is there.
0: It is there, yeah.
1: Which I feel like hot air balloon is the lamest way to kill someone, though. Yeah, that's
0: fair. Like...
1: Especially man. since it's one he, like, knows how to operate. So. Yeah,
0: man. It, oh, my God. I
1: don't know what he was expecting to happen.
0: You know what I would have liked better? If, like, they intentionally tampered with the hot air balloon. Yeah,
1: if they tried to, like, just, like, pop, you know.
0: Or, like, mess with in. the heater yeah. to make it, like, blow up or something. So that it would be like, oh, his, um, the prince will take a ride in his balloon. But... You know those flying machines, they're so temperamental. and be a shame if something went broken. How's my Tim Curry accent? Uh,
1: it's, it's pretty pretty good.
0: So but so luckily, Corrine's able to save him, and yeah, she talks to him about, like, yeah, you should follow your dreams about, like, flying this balloon and doing flying machines like yeah go for it dude she then brings up like oh I want to be a musketeer and he's like you but you're a girl yeah he,
1: he throws down those uh, microaggressions and she ain't yeah. having it
0: oh yeah I, I do appreciate just how sassy and headstrong uh, yeah cause when
1: she gets out she's like yeah it's stupid that you think being able to fly is possible but not me being a musketeer and she tells him off, and I'm like, okay, okay, yeah, because like
0: most of the time, like the jerk, uh, dudes in, uh, who are love interests, especially get go off way too easy in these movies, like especially like Diamond Castle, Ugh. but, like yeah, sometimes a big problem with a lot of the Barbie love interest is that sometimes they can be just way too condescending.
1: Yeah, and I
0: think, I think it's good that like. I don't I mean I don't have a lot of faith that going forward they'll be calling that out but for now it's it's a nice welcome thing but she like storms off and joins them for the rest of the the girl musketeers for training but not before she noticed how the the rope was cut in a similar fashion just like the chandelier
1: we know the culprit knows how to cut ropes
0: mm. there're only so many people so they're, they're sure to figure out the culprit with that info. But, uh, but the old lady's like, yeah, okay, we can't tell anyone, we can't trust anyone, so it's up to us to try and protect the king or the prince. Which, interestingly enough, no king or queen.
1: Yeah, we, we just gotta assume that they're off somewhere... Eaten cake, maybe maybe they got sick with gout, you know, and or maybe why. they got
0: that. Uh, I mean, with these royals, you know, they gotta be pured blood, so uh, they probably got some like syphilis or something like that. Yeah, yeah, though something uh, a fun thing. So with this new prerogative of having to protect the prince. We get another training montage where this time it's a giant, they have this giant spinning contraption where they're fighting against like automaton type swordsmen. And they are doing a pretty good job and eventually uh, Corinne is one-on-one fighting the old woman and she manages to beat her after only like presumably like two days.
1: Well, we don't know. This could have been like a Maybe a month or something has gone by.
0: That's true. Well, I mean, but they but they talk about how, like, it's only a few days till the coronation no. ball. Oh,
1: never mind.
0: Yeah. With their new success, they decide to go out and celebrate. But as they celebrate, they soon come upon a most suspicious scene.
1: So Eye man and other people he's conspiring with are going to take some crates to the coronation... And on top, they got like fake swords for the sword dance, but uh oh.
0: Oh, there are real swords in there. Which French sword dances? I did not know this was a thing. I kn- I need to look more into this. But yeah, they immediately are like, okay, yep, yeah, we are we got to report this shit. All right, so they run to the palace to try and report this.
1: And while this happened, the. Uh... Tim Curry tells the prince that he's actually not going to be at his coronation.
0: I must return to my villa for, oh, heaven forbid me go to the most important day of your life, but, yeah. Eh. I mean, I don't know why he has to, I mean.
1: Why does he have to do this at his coronation ball? Yeah. Wouldn't it be easier to just, like, take him to the side and just, like, discreetly do him all? <laughs>
0: Well, he, he wants to make it look like an accident. That way, suspicion... Like, because, like, no. the, the chandelier was, like, the initial thing where uh, he wanted to take out the prince before the coronation, first with the chandelier, then with the hot air balloon, but since both of those were thwarted by those meddling girls, he's, like, his last chance to do it while the line of succession is unclear. Because if he kills him while it's, he's the king... That might, that might lead to some like, more suspicion towards him. Better to do it before he has that power.
1: Doesn't it, he just like throw him down some stairs or something?
0: I mean, it's Tim Curry. He's gonna play it extra. That's true. So, luck. Unfortunately for them, as soon as they get there, uh, Tim Curry does uh, confront them and say like. The regent is planning on murdering the king. And they're telling the captain of the guard this. And he pulls out these uh, dance swords from the crate. And he breaks one in half because I guess they're plaster and stuff. And he's like... And I love this line read where he's like, Oh, look at me. I'm about to overthrow the kingdom. And just that sass behind it is greatly appreciated
1: yes but essentially the captain
0: of the guard is like yeah piss off
1: yeah and then the madame is like you're fired don't ever come back to the palace or we'll throw you in the dungeon forever
0: yeah and they toss them out to the conveniently placed garbage outside the palace door
1: even the cat gets tossed into the garbage
0: oh yes
1: Don't you just love those garbage piles just hanging around for dramatic firings?
0: You know, you gotta always have those on hand, because who knows when you gotta show those filthy peasants what for. Yeah. Every palace needs a garbage pile.
1: (laughs) I mean, they're kind of dejected about their house, but then they decide they've got a plan.
0: they got a plan, so... (sighs) Since
1: it's a masquerade ball, they're going to... Create masquerade costumes that they can hide their weapons in. Uh-huh.
0: Vivica teaches... Well, Vivica makes the dresses. And they make a point of saying, like, oh, they're going to be the most beautiful dresses at the ball. But they have to be practical. Like, adding that little subtle... Subtle air quotes in. Bit in. Adriana's gonna teach Corrine how to dance and then Renée's making jewelry.
1: Yeah, she makes jewelry weapons. Yeah. And then we get another montage
0: of where a song called All for One, one for yeah, that and they they say the catchphrase and you hear the song say don't mess with the dress again. Like uh, you can tell the, the thing. Yeah, they you could yeah, you can really tell that they wanted that to be, like, a thing in this movie. But, oh, they sneak in the secret passageways to get into the ball. And right behind them is the evil guard who are now sneaking in the real weapons. And they give one to the regent.
1: And he puts on this, like, lion mask. And he's like, oh.
0: Yes. Tonight will be his last dance. He didn't say that line, but...
1: It was implied, I think, in the...
0: Yeah. The that set. sounds like a line that they would put there.
1: But. So,
0: they sneak in through the secret passages, which this sit, this castle has way too many goddamn secret passages. It's they're co- very
1: large secret passages. I feel like it would be hard to not notice that they're there. Uh,
0: yeah, especially since it's just like... It's one of those secret passages that you just press at an indeterminate place on the wall, and oh! I Think the Prince Louis sp-
1: is like, "Hey, why is like half of the castle space we're not using it up?" And he's like, "Well,
0: yeah." Mm-hmm. I was looking at these schematics, and I see that there are at least like a th- ten thousand square footage here that doesn't match the inside of the ho- of the castle. How Shut up and it- play
1: with your balloons. How is he the
0: prince and doesn't know about the freaking secret passage? Look, we've
1: established he's a dummy, okay?
0: That's fair. That's fair. So, oh, now they're in the ball and, but oh, the they're announcing people to enter. So they mm. tell the announcer person to introduce them as like Duchess de Pepperoni.
1: Yeah, Barbie goes by a uh, Duchess Barbecue, which I don't know how french peasants know what barbecue is but whatever and uh
0: one is named uh let's a party
1: yeah it's like a g-rated version of the um bart simpson's gag
0: yeah i mean it's
1: it's fun it's it's it's
0: cute but oh it's the ball and everyone's Getting ready to dance, and there are these just two random mean girls that are like, with another I'm...
1: voice cameo from Kathleen Barr. Yeah, so. yeah,
0: yeah. And they're all like, "I'm going to dance with the prince, no me." And then of course he goes to Karin and He's like, "May I have this dance?" And oh, they do the dancing, and he and he's does such... the
1: prince become Tim Curry as well?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I I'm. I think my voice is just trying to match the condescension that he embodies. But they start dancing, and he doesn't freaking recognize her, but, oh, I guess Mask whatever. Has have, Saves your life twice, but whatevs.
1: Have iMask ever actually been efficient in disguising anyone's identity if, ever?
0: If 18th century French literature has led me to believe anything, yes. So... Okay. Uh, they're doing this dance, and I guess the sword dance basically just is a regular waltz, except, like, there's, like, surrounding guards that have, like, these swords that are just, like, uh, arching over them.
1: But, oh, no, the, Tim Curry is here, and he's and he got a real, a real sword, sword, and he's gonna stab him yep. after he sets off some fireworks. Yeah,
0: because everyone's super, uh super distracted by the fireworks, but, oh, just when he's about to go in for the stab, she does a super big flippy flip and then kicks the sword out of the hand and then, ba-bam!
1: And then he's like, she's got the sword and she's gonna stab the king the prince.
0: I appre I was like, okay, Tim Curry, you're not so much a dumbass as I thought you were. I like, I do appreciate how, like, I mean, it's very tropey, but the idea of, like, oh, she tried to murder him. No,
1: I was trying to save him.
0: Like I I I don't know, I kind of like that plot beat as a thing.
1: But of course, this all segues into us finally getting the fight scene that this yes. whole movie's been building up to, which complete with magical girl skirt transformations.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting thing about this. They I feel like as these movies go on, they do kind of adopt more, like, anime aesthetics. Like, they're more of these, like, transformation scenes. You got, like, more of these, like... I feel like this is going to be especially true when we get to, like, some of the more recent ones with, like, the superheroes and the spies and stuff like that. But for now, uh, they start having this fight scene where, oh, they're kicking the guards' butts. First, they're using stuff like... fume and then their whips and their fans but the thing that like s- stuck out to me the most the song they went with for this was unbelievable by emf
1: but like a cover of a it. cover
0: it where it's like she's unbelievable
1: maybe the first time we've heard like a licensed song in one of these barbie yeah movies.
0: It's strange, like, it makes me wonder if, like, the other songs were also, like... They w- they did sound a lot like previous, like, actual established pop music, so... I don't know. If you want to know more about EMF and that whole song, watch a Time in the Shadows one-hit wonder episode about that. It's a good one. But the, uh... But yeah, they're fighting this. What do you think of this fight scene?
1: I mean, I thought it was pretty fun... I think, I kind of wish we would have gotten more of, like, that cool, like, slow-mo action we got. Yeah!
0: I was expecting a lot more of that stuff. Because the first time it popped up, it was, like, so over the top and out of nowhere that, like, it kind of turned up my excitement to, like, an 11. And kind of kept it there for the rest of the movie. Because I was, like, always kind of hoping, like, are they going to do another slow-mo thing?
1: Yeah, but then it kind of... Kind of falls into like what a lot of the other Barbie movie fight scenes have, where it's just kind of like wacky shenanigans. Yeah, man fall complete down. with like,
0: fu- yeah, man fall down, man get food in face, all that whole thing. Yeah. But oh.
1: And even the cat gets in on it by yeah, fighting cause the dog. Yeah, because he he's
0: fighting the dog off. So. Yeah. Good on you, kitty. I think I'm also a little biased towards my positive perception of a kitty because it looks like my cat. Uh, potato.
1: That is true. It is a little, little,
0: little little orange cat. I know. Who's all sassy.
1: Where is potato?
0: He's upstairs. Oh. But, oh, Tim Curry leads the prince through the secret passage, and this is the first time apparently he's found out about this, and so she has to figure out, oh, where are they? Uh, but, so while they're holding up the guards, she sees, oh, his mask is by the passageway, so they get in there. And so they perfume them and then they run away.
1: And then the, at this point, Tim Curry has revealed himself to the prince by trying to stab him in yeah. an elevator. Well, not
0: before being like, I came as soon as I heard there was trouble. And then uh, he's like, oh, thank you, dear cousin. Also, apparently there are elevators. Yeah. Yeah, this that's not for another two hundred years, my dudes, like
1: Hey, you put a box and then you put something that can pull up the box.
0: Yeah, I guess, but it's like Yeah. Though the Though I do I kind of appreciate it as how quickly the prince was able to see through the lie where he's like, Wait a minute, if you came as soon as you heard there was trouble, why were you there when it happened? To which she like Goes for the stab, which, you know, I I mean, in terms of Barbie movie villains, uh, the regent isn't that menacing by a long shot, because he's kind of like, like, don't get me wrong, he's a lot more intense in his violence, and like, the murder planes are a lot more realistic versus magic beams and poison, but I don't know. I I think it
1: kind of makes it a bit him a bit like uh, unmemorable because he's not yes. like he's not really intimidating in a magic sense and his like he's and, not quite as campy as say Perninger from yeah or Hopper.
0: yeah I don't know I think it's weird that of all the returning like celebrity voice actors like you get Tim Curry like we mentioned in the intro. Yeah. Tim Curry works best when you let him ham it up, and he just feels so like they don't give him a chance to go wild.
1: Yeah. It's kind of just a bland villain concept. It's just we've seen it in all these other bar movies. He's just a power-hungry guy who wants to become the king.
0: Yeah, pretty much. But luckily, uh, he's able to get away, and soon enough... uh, the other musketeers come across the tied up captain and the guards and they're all like, Oh yeah, look who needs help. Now you dinks. I mean, they don't say it like that, but again, more like kind of standard girl power stuff. Uh, and then, uh, Corrine is like, you untie them. I'll go after, I'll keep after the prince. And this leads to the prince and the regent somehow ending up on the roof and he he's running away, and he's running straight towards a dead end. So, I don't know. I so mean, because he's, he's a dumbass, yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, he's got that incest heritage, okay? <laughs> he does things to the brain.
0: Yeah. Uh, you're, you are not wrong. That, there's a definite possibility of that. So, the region's so like, it looks like you're at a dead End which I thought like, oh dang, they're gonna he's gonna freaking chuck him off the roof. Alright. Uh but oh Corrine does like this big old flip. She ball, does
1: another flip which flip to save the day.
0: Yeah, something I would have appreciated in this movie is if like they did a little callback to the to the beginning where it's like, Oh, you need more height to make that jump. You know, kinda like she couldn't make that hype that jump before. You know, just a little like just a little something to call back to it would have been nicely appreciated. Heck, you could have thrown that into one of the montage scenes.
1: Either way, she gets it and she swords fights. Yeah. Hurry. And then...
0: I appreciate... That, that's one other thing. Like, it's been a while since I've uh, done fencing, listener, but from what I remember and what I was taught, like, their form is actually pretty accurate to a lot of fencing stuff, which has led me to believe that they probably had, like, access to a motion capture library of actual fencers. So that's pretty cool. Uh, But, yeah, they do the standard thing where, oh, he flips the sword, and, oh, her sword, she's disarmed. And this is, like, I think Tim Curry's best part, where he's like, you know, it's quite advantageous. Here I was, trying to save the prince from this monstrous assailant, but, unfortunately, as she lunged towards the prince, I had no choice but to send her to her falling demise. Like, I don't know. Like you said, there's a lot about the Tim Curry's performance that is pretty forgettable, but I liked how he was he did seem to be able to roll with the punches when it came, when his plan was, like, sort of falling out of place. Yeah. I don't know. I like that in a villain. But, oh, Prince tosses the sword back to Kareen, and, oh, sword fights back on, and, oh, she's... She, now she disarms him. Yeah. And he, like,
1: kind of falls. Up, he's hanging on the roof. And then she turns his back to him for...
0: Like, a uh, minute no. to talk on the to the prince. Which, uh, don't get me wrong, I was fully anticipating, like... As soon as I saw him hang on the roof, I was like, Oh, shoot! Are they gonna pull Gaston? Are we gonna get, like, an actual villain death in this? But, no. Unfortunately, he jumps up, and he tries to do another stab at the the prince, but, nope, the two of them block together, which, again... That could you could have easily made it so that he fell to his death, but nah.
1: Yeah, it kind of sucks that the other musketeers aren't included in the climactic. Yeah, fight. I agree. <laughs> like,
0: like, you know what I would have liked that yeah. eye patch dude. Yeah. Like the eye patch thing. What
1: happened to him? He kind of just he he he
0: was he was about to make a getaway, but oh oh yeah, I forgot horse. they had
1: that shenanigans with the, the stable, yeah with the dog
0: the and the cat and yeah. the horse.
1: I think I just blocked that out of my mind. Yeah, so bit. he's about to get
0: away on a horse, but... Oh, Corrine's uh, horse, like, kicks a door and knocks him off of the horse, uh, and...
1: Then he falls and, into pig food. uh and, and a
0: horseshoe bonks him on the head! Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I would... How rad would it have been if instead of just one-on-one, that... Perhaps there was, like, yeah, sure, let Barbie face off against the region, but also, like, maybe have, like, three henchmen working for him. Like, you could give them, like, sort of personalities. One could be the eyepatch dude, one could be, like, they could all be, like, equally menacing, and, like, you can like, instead of, like, making them fight, like, indiscriminate guards, you can like, have it be more intense, like, one-on-one stuff. Yeah, but,
1: but either way, she defeats him, and he, he gets arrested by the captain of the guard, and
0: yeah, in, pretty so, much. <laughs> so they end up meeting with the, the prince, and he's like, oh, I must see the faces of my rescuers, and they reveal themselves, and then, oh, the, the evil madam, she's like, oh, they've been banned from the premises of this castle, and then he's like, well, there's only one thing to do. You don't belong in the castle. You belong in the musketeers! Which, they do a very interesting jump cut with this, where, uh, like, it zooms in real close to his face at first, and then it zooms out where it's like a time skip, where he's now, like, crowned the king, he's in different, like... Uh, dress and it's a different time of day and it's a really interesting lighting where it's like sunset and you don't really see that sort of lighting in these movies but I don't know it wasn't like a brilliant editing trick but it was kind of like okay it was somewhat skillful and I I appreciated it but yep now the four of them are now musketeers and uh oh Corrine's mother shows up and talks about how proud she is but, uh, but the prince is like, you know, now that I'm king, perhaps I could take you on a hot-air balloon ride. But then, the captain of the guard, MVP in this, is like, oh, sorry, uh... None of
1: that hetero BS today, son. Yeah, but There's you g- work to do. There's
0: work to do. Okay, headcanon, that dude is also... Oh my god, the captain of the guard totally had a poly-fling with... Uh, D'Artagnan. He's like,
1: actually, Corinne, I am your real father.
0: Oh, God, they could have totally done that, and that would have... <clears throat> yeah. But, no, the movie ends with the four of them riding off into the sunset to seek off new adventure and to upheld the name of Musketeers.
1: And they get horses.
0: They get horses. But there was
1: only one horse carriage in this movie, but it was an evil horse carriage.
0: Yeah. So what they actually... So, uh, I looked up the merch for this. So, the actual carriage toy for this movie was actually the hot air balloon. It was a a carriage, a standard horse carriage, similar to that. But, it could transform into a hot air balloon.
1: That's kind of clever. Yeah!
0: And, like, you could kind of notice it, like, you might have noticed it with the shape of, like the shape of the hot air balloon had more of like an oval shape whereas most hot air balloons are like circular that so that's why hmm. but yeah
1: but, so yeah that's... wait we didn't answer the question which musketeer is the lesbian
0: okay i during that first chasing where Corrine was chasing off the uh, chasing off her cat and the dog and then bumping into literally every single person while being very extra about it I posited that she is a capital B by disaster. Like, the fact that she shows up to a town with zero plans of where she's going to stay and what she's going to do for work, and also is very extra while being a disaster. I don't know, she gave me those vibes.
1: I think Renee is the lesbian.
0: Oh, yeah? Yeah.
1: You yeah. kind of got to give her something, so I think <laughs> that's what... I think I'm going for that, yeah. Yeah. That's my verdict.
0: That's... I. You know what? I can agree with that all right why not both so yeah but that's a barbie princess and the pauper
1: (laughs) barbie princess oh shoot
0: yeah
1: Uh, wow
0: and that's barbie and the three musketeers
1: it was okay i think yeah i feel like i kind of feel i feel like it could have been a lot better than it ended up being because there was like some interesting things in it but yeah i don't know Maybe it's just the mood I'm in right now. I was just kind of like, meh.
0: That's... You know what? That's perfectly valid. I think the main reason I ended up getting so jibed for this one is because with a lot of these Barbie movies, I feel like some of my enjoyment is determined by, like, the sort of stuff that I could potentially read from this. Like... And I feel like this movie leaves so many potential like open-ended ways that you could build up upon it into new narratives and it you know what this makes me genuinely curious to see like what sort of fan fiction has been written about this movie because like this movie was released in 2009 which is about the time when like sites like net. i mean don't get me wrong fan fictions has been around for a while but like that was when it was starting to really come into prominence and all yeah, that stuff. I,
1: I feel like I don't really see a lot of people talk about this movie that much. Yeah, I think maybe part of it is just like the musketeers just don't really get enough like development to be really. The I uh, agree, and yeah. it, it just it could have. I feel like I would like more of just focused on like the musketeers themselves and less on montages. Yeah, you know?
0: but. It's difficult, because this is also, just like the other m- movies, like, this is a 70-minute a movie, and I'm trying to think of, like, what... I mean, you could cut, like, the animal scenes for that sort of stuff, but, like...
1: Yeah, I don't know, maybe, like, less of, like, scenes with the prince, I could have yeah, with. Like, the whole hot it. air balloon could have been, like, shortened, I think.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: But, I mean... It definitely does feel like we're getting into, like, a new era of these Barbie movies. Because oh, it already yeah. does feel, like, different than the yeah. other ones. Even though it has a lot of the same kind of, like, plot beats that are common in these movies. Just, like, from a stylistic point. It seems yeah. like this is going to be, like...
0: A new era.
1: Yeah. And I'm curious to see what going to... I'm curious to see what other more kind of, like, action-y Barbie movies are going to be. Yeah. Like, you know?
0: And I feel like this is the 16th Barbie movie. So... I think it's very understandable that they would want to, like, switch some things up. Because I feel like at this point, they were probably seeing that their formula had gotten a little too standard. And they needed to figure out ways that they could sort of, like, innovate on that. And oh no, I'm very interested in seeing how things progress from this point.
1: Yeah, and I think from there on, we get mostly contemporary stories. Yeah,
0: like, uh, like you mentioned, this is the last movie that a lot of people really hold up as like one of the last big ones but yeah
1: because we got mermaid Tell coming out and that's one that i actually have seen before
0: i have too
1: yeah yeah i'm
0: i'm really interested in uh i'm especially excited to talk about that movie In.
1: Yeah, but this is almost kind of like the last of, like, the classic formula type bar. Yeah, because
0: up ahead we're going to get, like, stuff like fashion fairy tale, like, fairy secret, charm school, like, a lot of, like, really modern stories. We don't really see, uh, yeah, we don't really see Barbie get into that sort of, like, fairy tale
1: Like, classic tale retelling yeah. thing for... And, I mean,
0: I guess there were only so many tales that they could do without being accused of being Disney clones,
1: but... Barbie in Les Miserables.
0: Okay, you (laughs) say that, but... Oh my god, I could picture a freaking gender-bent Les Mis with Barbie as, as Jean Valjean. Could you imagine the potential tension between him... And Javert. And Barbie oh. Javert. Yeah. Oh my. Oh.
1: You know what? I want this to be real. I want I this. Want, to... I want to put it into existence. Okay, okay.
0: What, what B list celebrity? We would. I mean, who would be. I feel like the villain would have to be, like, Javert in this, because. I, I actually
1: think how they would do it, it would be kind of like that one anime where, like, Cosette is made the main character, and Barbie would be Cosette. Uh, and, like, so yeah. Jean Valjean might oh. still just be, like, a father figure, yep. but it'll be more focused on Cosette.
0: Yeah, they would probably—oh my god, I could totally picture it now. It would be, like, that's the main character, and she finds out the secret to her father's past. He's not really—he adopted her, and he's really a criminal, and they're on the run for the law.
1: And like, there's like some conflict where actually she gets involved with like the revolutionists. Oh, that's how she meets Marius, who is Ken in this version, and also Eponine is also there as like the girlfriend. You know, oh, she's like. Oh man.
0: The... And it and it's and it's going to end with, the king being like, "You're right, I need to do well by my people," and who? Okay, what type of animal companion would she have? I feel like she would have a dog.
1: Yeah, she would like, have a dog. Like, it would a be a,
0: a poodle. It would be a freaking poodle, because France. You say
1: that really, like, there is a Les Mis anime where Cosette has a dog companion.
0: <sighs> I want to watch this it's anime. It's called
1: Shoujo Cosette. It's actually one of the most complete adaptations of Les Mis. Really? Yeah, it's... You can't, there's no English dub of it, but you can, there was a website I remember watching it on that had like it all like in English subtitles.
0: Okay. But
1: it's very interesting. So,
0: listener, if you too are interested in Barbie Les Mis, you know, we ought to just do an episode where we pitch other classic literature things to make Barbie. Barbie
1: as Jekyll and Hyde.
0: Oh my God! I they was... could have
1: like the two different outfits for the Barbie, <gasps> oh, where she's like evil yes. Barbie, and then she's good Barbie. Yes,
0: yes, perfect. Uh, or or Barbie Frankenstein. Oh my God! It turns out the mo- and the monster will be mad like you have made me ugly, but beauty's on the inside.
1: Barbie Pride and Prejudice.
0: Okay, that... I feel that, like that
1: one's almost, like, somewhat feasible. That's
0: ve- That seems very feasible. I mean, all you'd have to really do is just throw in an animal companion B-plot and... Yeah. bam, you got you can it. You could
1: just have the same movie. Just yeah. Because they, <laughs> they got all the sisters, so you'll get to have, like, different figures.
0: Uh, Barbie, Madame Bovary. Yeah. Th- th- complete with arsenic p- suicide at the end. Oh, God. Okay, yeah, we need to make this, like... A special, extra episode at some point. So yeah. Definitely. With that said, uh, ha- so how would you uh, rate this movie?
1: I give it two point five fake swords out of five. Really? Okay. Well, it's a five star system. It's okay. Not... Well, I mean that's
0: that's lower than some of the fairy topias that you've given. I mean, I guess that's it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a sucker for uh, like sword fights and like sort of Saturday morning cartoon antics. But like, I, yeah, I'm I'm gonna just do it. I'm gonna give this one five hot air balloons out of five. I I don't know. There, don't get me wrong. This thing is very flawed, but I feel like if you are someone who has only watched the classic Barbie movies and haven't seen this one, if you enjoyed like stuff like Princess and the Popper and all that stuff, it's not going to be as good as that, but I don't know. You're probably going to have a real good time with this one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that's about all I got to say about Three Musketeers.
0: Fair enough. As it turns out, we had a lot to say about that, but... Or at least I did <laughs> So... <laughs> Yeah, thank you, one and all listeners, for listening to The Pink Isle. We very much appreciate you coming along on this journey with us, but yeah, so if you like what we do, give us a nice rating on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, And uh, follow us on Twitter at Pink Isle Pod. But until then, hey, Emma, people should read your stuff. Yeah, and I work
1: for The Shield at USI.
0: Yep, and you can follow her on Twitter. Yeah. At EmmaCory, I believe. At
1: EmmaCory9. Yeah,
0: EmmaCory9, yeah. Yep. Follow her.
1: Maybe I'll post something at some point.
0: At some point. Maybe. But perhaps. But as for me, listener... uh. At this point, I can't really talk about some of the stuff that's on the docker right now, but yeah, I appreciate you guys following my work and supporting me, but if you want to see more of the things what I do on the internet, uh, follow my Twitter, at KathmanHenry, follow the Tumblr, which compiles all this stuff, at uh, henrykathman.tumblr.com, and if you want to support me and get some uh, special... Pink owl content, including a uh, special reading of a very special Bibble story.
1: Complete the verse.
0: You could chuck a dollar my way at uh, Henry Kathman uh, Patreon slash Henry Kathman. Just for one dollar, you get all this stuff early. As well as a bunch of sweet-ass bonus content. So, yeah. yeah. So, Emma, like the Musketeers, it is time for us to ride off into the sunsets.
1: Okay. But I'm going to be killing Marnokina now, you know, not protecting them.
0: Oh. You know what? I'm okay with this. So... Let us go to the guillotine together, all for one.
1: And one for all. Let them eat cake.
0: And let us eat the rich. Goodbye.